What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, hang out with me for a second here. One of the goals of this show is to be consistently there for you. We seldom miss episodes or take unexpected breaks because we know how rare it is to be included in your daily routine. We never take that for granted. And the only way we can continue to be there Tuesdays through Fridays is because of our amazing Patreon subscribers. So if you like this podcast, the best way to show your love for what we do is to subscribe to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Show. And by the way, being a supporter has its own perks, like the Shadow Docket Show every Tuesday and Thursday, plus the Friday After Party with me and Kimberly, and commercial-free Ultimate Edition versions of the main shows. Just go to patreon.com slash Show, click on the box for the level you can afford, and you're all set. Thank you so much for supporting our Patreon page, and now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Holy underwear. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 14, 2023. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1028 of the Biden-Harris administration, 356 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram, the Bob Seska. That's my handle there. Follow me there, why don't you? Also, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable Bob Seska, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. And that guy, that's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. You say Buzz Burbank. No idea. You've said it all. No, 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 no. I haven't seen Melania. Have you? No. A- any, anyone? Uh, someone check the back nine at Bedminster. The search continues. <laughs> Hi. Uh, he's, he's Bob. Uh, I'm Buzz. Both proud winners of the Country Music Awards. Yes. Congratulations to you, sir. Thank you very much. And to you. Uh, oh, I, I am in such a better mood than I was on our last show. <laughs> what a difference a night of election victories can make, right? Yeah. Uh, last week's election went so badly for Republicans, uh, Glenn Youngkin was seen wearing a coat with sleeves. <laughs> Got to change it up. Uh, ah, somebody asked me uh, if, if Ivanka Trump uh, testified in her dad's fraud trial, and I told him, I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. Brainworms uh, running the family. Uh, well, House Republicans finally did it. Uh, they subpoenaed Hunter Biden. Yeah. Uh, first thing they plan to ask him, if he knows how to keep the government open. <laughs> Just looking for advice. Yeah. Helpful, sure. <laughs> oh, and thankfully, thankfully, the, the actor strike is finally over. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, among other things, it means Kevin Sorbo can go back to not working. That changes. Uh, The Supreme Court has, for the first time in history, Mm -hmm. established a code of ethics. Wow. 
a copy of the new policy has been posted on Clarence Thomas's luxury RV. You need to look at it. It's right there. And uh, oh, Donald Trump uh, said this week that when it came to prosecuting his enemies, quote, the genie is out of the box. Uh, he was referring, of course, to his favorite children's story, Three Blind Wolves. <laughs> It's beginning to look a lot like Hitler Everywhere you go He's not wrong. Just look at that Trump (laughs) and Prince Their fans threatening once again With violence and racist rants that grow They're beginning to sound a lot like Hitler Vandals every night And the Naziest sight you'll see Is the swastika that will be On your own front door You know, Hitler arrives earlier and earlier every year Rocky Rocky Mountain Bing, everybody Rocky Mountain Bing So, yeah, in all seriousness It really is beginning to look a lot like Hitler out there And you know me, Buzz I'm this guy who's been resistant To go full Hitler With analyzing Donald Trump Because I've always felt as though if we're looking for Hitler, we're going to miss the unique Trump things because he's there'll never be another Hitler. But we, we have our own version of it. We have yeah. we have as close as you can get. Uh, uh, we have we have what was the beginnings of Hitler. Yeah. What could certainly become Hitler if we allow it to. But just in the brief conversation we had uh, before we started today's show, uh, I, I posited that maybe the top story. Uh, today mm-hmm. is not just that he's really very Hitlerish; that it is beginning to look a lot like Hitler. Not yeah. just that, but that the media has finally acknowledged it across, and and it and they they tiptoed into it, but uh, but across media now are yeah. headlines comparing Trump's speech and and the speech of his people to that of Hitler and Mussolini, yeah. and 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 the word fascism is no longer a word we have to whisper among ourselves mm-hmm. for fear that we'll be called. Loon- lunatics it's 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 a mainstream thing now today is the day fascism went mainstream yeah what a great way to put it and what a terrifying way to put it too yeah but i mean we're moving closer and closer to more and more american voters beginning to recognize what the true stakes are of this election and it helps yeah as we've been saying here on the show it's democracy versus fascism and the fascism side is becoming more and more clear as stories begin to leak out and we begin to see uh what project 2025 is all about and it's so important we're going to talk about the jenna ellis thing here in a little bit uh, of course because and just based on yeah based on the whole news media aspect of this conversation That's a a super important story for a number of reasons, one of which being that it was reported by ABC News. And and the Washington Post simultaneously, yes. Exactly right. So that is getting to a solidly mainstream audience. We're getting into territory that extends beyond conversation on social media and beyond some of the uh, blogs and and, uh, news sources that are online. So in that regard, I'm hoping that this, we've got a year now, this is Mm -hmm. really got to sink in the fact that we're facing full-blown fascism if Donald Trump is somehow elected president next year. And I want to I want to preface this by saying because today's entire show is going to be the fascism files. I mean, we've got and it's unavoidable. Every top right. story that we've been covering or that has been covered over the past few days 
has been all about the rising fascism. It, and, yeah, it's not it's not only uh, the uh, most important story in terms of importance, it's yeah. the most important story because of all the things, as Bob said, that we've learned over the past week from various sources, including the man himself. Yes, exactly. So it is explicit. There is no two ways about this. The stakes of this election have got to sink in with voters right. in the next year. And if it doesn't happen... Well, you know what? We kind of got to half blame ourselves in addition to the news media. We all have to do a job here. We all have a mission in this, which is to save democracy Mm -hmm. and use whatever resources we have, whether it's donating money to a campaign, whether it's volunteering on a campaign, whether it's just getting the word out on social media to people who may not know about these things yet. From from Biden on down, we need to be tougher smarter, uh, stronger, louder, yeah. because uh, we are fighting, hmm, this gets into touchy territory for me, we are fighting certain perceptions about the president that yeah. cannot be allowed right. to be to, to, uh, to override the real issue, which is fascism. And now, thankfully, we have a tool, uh, and that is the media, uh, uh, finally carrying the message with us and for us that we've been whispering among ourselves, and that is uh, Donald Trump presents a real and present danger of fascism to this country. One of the most important things, Buzz, is, uh, and this is for all of us to bear in mind, is that, and this goes back to what I was saying about Hitler a second ago, Uh, it's important to keep an eye on the details of what is being planned here because if we're looking for 1930s Third Reich really truly historically Hitler things, then we may miss the things that are absolutely unique to this, for lack of a better term, neo-fascism, the fascist idiocracy. For example, some of the things that Donald Trump is doing that are fascistic has to do with how he's trying to wiggle out of these criminal trials. We're going to talk about uh, something he's been retrothing recently on on Troth Central uh, about Letitia James and Judge Engeron. That's one of the things that we'll discuss here. Um, but you know where I want to start is the most Hitlery thing that Donald Trump has said recently, which is referring to his political enemies as vermin and. As you said, Buzz, this is getting coverage in the mainstream news media, the the legacy media. I I think they talked about it a little bit on Meet the Press. It wasn't a huge deal on Meet the Press. Should have been a much bigger deal. But I guess with these people, we got to next week. baby steps. Yeah, right? (laughs) One step at a time. And we're grateful for for what we get because we do need the help because this is uh, the most important fight that we will ever fight. Yeah. Uh, And and, and as you said, we need to focus on the details tales of what they're doing from the, the the immigration roundups to the concentration camps. Also pay attention to the language that they are using, mm-hmm. which is very uh, Hitler Nazism. Yeah. And, and that is uh, the words like purity and uh, the purity of blood and the purity of the blood of America, the purity of America. This is, this is Hitler speak all over again, mm-hmm. as is use of words like vermin. So his fascist plans for what he calls vermin, he wants to investigate vermin after Mm -hmm. placing DOJ under his direct controls. Yeah, I'm dovetailing this with Project 2025. There's a lot going on here, Jay. Yeah. You may want to get a pencil and paper. Right. (laughs) He wants to invoke the Insurrection Act in in order to have the military, which he thinks are suckers and losers, by the way, to put down vermin protests. He wants to fire 50,000 vermin federal workers 
and replace with loyalists, for starters. We're going to get more mm -hmm. into that particular topic here in a second. Right. But just so we're entirely clear in terms of what he said, here's the troth itself. He posted this on the 11th at mm -hmm. uh, 10.30 in the morning. In honor of our great veterans on Veterans Day, uh, we pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. Lie, steal, cheat on elections, and will do anything possible, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and the American dream. The threat from outside forces <laughs> mm -hmm. is far less sinister, dangerous, and grave than the threat from within. The threat from within. Yeah. Despite the hatred and anger of the radical left lunatics who want to destroy our country, we will make America great again. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, there it is. N Apparently, note, note, yeah. I, I just want to jump in. Note there that he has called us fascists. Yeah. And we know that he is the fascist. Right. According, according to the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, many experts agree fascism is a mass political movement that emphasizes extreme nationalism, militarism, mm -hmm. remember the word militarism. Yeah. Yep. And the supremacy of both the nation and the single powerful leader over yeah. the individual citizen. Mm -hmm. uh, back to the word. Only one side is talking about militarism, and that's the party of Trump. That's yep. Donald Trump himself and the party that, despite everything you've heard, still supports him. They are now his Nazi party. They are now yeah. his Hitler party. Uh, and, and, and they are the ones who are uh, harping about the military. You don't hear that from our side. Therefore, they fit the description of fascism, and we do not. Yeah. It, it is they who prefer a single powerful leader. We prefer small d democracy. Right. And, and this line of attack is, among other things, purely cynical. Because the idea here is to make people believe, and I'm talking about not those of us who follow politics. You know this whole speech that I give. It's about the folks. And what he wants is the casual observers of politics who happen to vote to believe that, well, one side is saying the other side is fascism. And so both sides cancel out. So, you know, right. if, if everybody's fascist, then no one is and everything's going to exactly. be fine. And, oh, my God, gas is three dollars a gallon. And so th that's what we have to also work against to uh, disabuse people of this notion that, well, Trump's saying we're fascism and they're fascism. No, there is one party right now that is almost entirely embracing like full-on traditional fascism. There is a right. candidate who is full Hitler at this point with these vermin remarks and everything else. There is no comparison here. And if there is any comparison, it's got to be to Vladimir Putin who plays this game like a goddamn fiddle with the whole idea that, well, Zelensky and Ukraine, they're a bunch of fascists. Don't look at uh, Vladimir Putin, who's got the fascist tendencies. Look at uh, Zelensky and Ukraine. They're the real fascists. I mean, he's got an entire Russian population more or less snowed on that particular front. And Donald Trump, because Vladimir Putin is his hero, he wants to be exactly like Vladimir Putin. He wants to be dictator for life. And he wants to be a fascist dictator for life at that. So just modeling right after his, uh, his benefactor in Moscow. Right. But, but here, not to throw cold water on what you said about the news media buzz, but here are two side-by-side -side headlines from the New York Times. Okay. Remember when Hillary Clinton called uh, Trump supporters deplorables? Right. Yeah. Well, here was the headline from the New York Times about that. 
Hillary Clinton calls many Trump backers deplorables and GOP pounces. Mm-hmm. Here's the headline about the Veterans Day thing in which he mentioned vermin, Donald Trump. Here's the New York Times headline. Trump takes Veterans Day speech in a very different direction. That was their first headline. Yeah. 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 And they... and they did very quickly remove that and replace it. So it shouldn't have been put up in the first place, but it's since been replaced with something much, much stronger. Well, at least there's that. But, you know, Jesus, get with the program here, because I assure you, there are going to be New York Times editors or New York Times reporters, if there aren't already are, on Donald Trump's enemies list to be arrested, to be rounded up. See aforementioned vermin remarks. This includes Uh the legacy media, legacy news media. This includes new news media. Yeah, exactly. And and, and it includes you and me as well. And I understand all that and our listeners understand that. But I'm looking at the article right now from the New York Times and the headline is, after calling foes vermin, Trump campaign warns its critics will be crushed. Subheadline: The former president's Veterans Day speech used language similar to the dehumanizing rhetoric wielded by dictators like Hitler yeah, and yeah. Mussolini. All right. Uh, they, that, that was very quickly replaced. So, yeah, it was. <laughs> okay. it, they, they, they started out with their old ways. But, uh, but I'll tell you, there's a, there's a mob mentality underway here in the media. You know how it goes, Bob. If one uh, network uh, finds a hit show that's yeah. a Western, then all the other networks start launching Westerns. Yeah. Because if, if the first one is a hit. Likewise, the news media is working very much the same way. If they find a hot story, a hit, uh, all the others pile on. So as soon as the New York Times looked around and saw other media, like the Washington Post and others, taking a much uh, tougher and, and more accurate view of Trump's words, the New York Times quickly fell in line. Mm-hmm. There, so the, my, my point is the herd is turning. The, yeah. herd has, the herd has changed direction here. Yes, initially, the New York Times started out doing what it normally did, (laughs) but because of peer pressure, Mm. it was forced to make this turn to a more honest and a more brutally honest approach. So, again, I think the top story today is the media has finally acknowledged this is our Hitler. I wonder, though, prior to that switchover, and I applaud them, obviously, for changing that headline because the subsequent headline is... A gazillion times, like 11 billion times better than the uh, original sure. headline. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I wonder what the mindset is where they feel as though they have to downplay something like that. And it's not just trying to be even keeled on a story. I mean, that first headline was really kind of downplaying the whole thing. And I'm just using that as an right. example for some of the things that we've seen in the past prior oh, sure. to this possible switchover. This, uh, Yeah, this yeah. acceptance of what Donald Trump is doing and what the dangers are. And I wonder if it's, well, we don't see it the way you see it. Or if it's, we're deliberately not taking this seriously because of X, Y. Like, what is the editorial mindset behind slow walking some of these existential problems that we face? And I really begin to question, and sometimes my spidey sense goes off, and I go, is there some reason they're slow walking this? Is there some yes, reason yeah. why they don't want their readers to take this seriously? What is the justification? And you know what would go a long way to answering that question What's is that? if a few New York Times editors stepped out and said, here's our mindset when it comes to covering Donald Trump's fascism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, some you know, kind of clue. I, you know, 
I, I don't know how it works. It used to be that there was a department that just wrote headlines. Oh, that's all they did. They, yeah. weren't, they didn't write the stories. They just wrote the headlines. I don't know how it works now. I would presume some similar thing is in effect. What what role the editors have. I'm sure the editors have a say in what, what headlines are ultimately used. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And, I, I again, I've, I've made myself unpopular enough with the listeners already on some <laughs> of my recent views but no. but and, and I wanted to I want to make clear that I'm not saying we're not going to see more both sidesism from the yeah, media yeah. but what I what I am saying is they're finally calling fascism as it is they're yeah. they're finally they're finally calling it by its name call me by my name said fascism <laughs> right, uh, and, right. and 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 that and that is exactly what has happened here and that's big isn't that something we've waited 8 years for yeah. isn't that something worth celebrating i think it is am i am i blind am i am i just a blindly in love with the media again now no but i think they've they've turned around on this point and Damn, we needed that. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the first step toward that idea, the stakes of this election, to seep into some of the brains of people who need to hear it, who are busy going, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really thinking about the election, but gas is $3 a gallon. Joe Biden's old, so right. mm, I'm going to stay home, or I'm going to vote for whoever the third party flavor of the day is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. et cetera. And, and those are the kind of people we need to grab here and, and right. grab them by the lapels and kind of shake some sense into them about what's Ex really going exa on. Exactly. We yeah. need to, and th this is what I was trying to say, let me do this now. This is what I was trying to say last week. We yeah. cannot stick our heads in the sand and pretend. If you don't trust the polls, forget the polls. Screw the polls. You go out on the street yourself and stop people and ask mm -hmm. them how they feel about Joe Biden, and you're going to be disappointed in the answers. Yeah. The majority of people think he's too old. That's a fact. I don't think he's too old. You don't think he's too old. But the fact of the matter is, and we can't ignore the facts. If we ignore the facts, we do so at our own peril on yeah. Election Day. If we if we pretend that people don't have that view, we are fooling ourselves into a false sense of security. If we pretend that prices are, are going to go back down or have gone back down, inflation has eased, granted, mm -hmm. but prices are still higher than they were, and they're not going to go back down again. And that's another another thing that the public is blaming Joe Biden for whether it's his fault or not, and I'm presuming that it's not. Yeah. So I'm on your side. He's not too old. Inflation is not his fault. Inflation has come under control. But tell the public that. Yeah. No, better yet, you can't. You can't tell the public that because they've already made up their minds and they're not listening. So what do we have to do? From Biden on down, we have to push what we're talking about today mm -hmm. because it's either Biden or it's fascism. And if it's the latter, if it's the fascism... I hate to put it in these terms, but no one is safe. He's right. made this, no yeah, he, he's made this perfectly clear who he believes the vermin are. And that includes everyone listening to the sounds of our voice right now. Obviously, there is probably a priority list in terms of, well, Donald Trump's going to want to go after guys like Jake Tapper first. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or right. whoever he hates at the New York Times or whoever he hates at the Washington Post, etc. Those are the enemies of the people he'll start with, in addition to, obviously, the ones that he's named, like John Kelly and some of the quote-unquote yeah. rhino who have turned against him. He's going to go after those people. Interesting but, yeah. that he's starting with the Republicans. Right, right. I mean, if if you have immigrants in your family, I mean, the, uh -huh. the, the list goes on and on and on. This right. is an election that will hinge 
on our own personal freedom and whether right. we are black bagged and disappeared by Donald Trump's goons, whether they're his militias or whether it's the Department of Justice drawn into the White House's control under a Donald Trump presidency, or if it's the military that he's going to call up using the Insurrection Act in order to put down civil protests. Right. I mean, you could we be going out yeah. the most peaceful protest in the world and then suddenly everyone's rounded up and sent and, to a place like Guantanamo, and, and, not, and, and, not and, literally Guantanamo. But a place like it, you know what I mean? Oh, a camp. Yeah, he yeah. according yeah. to Stephen Miller, he absolutely intends to set up camps. This is what we need to tell our fellow voters when yeah. they're whining about prices or they're whining about how old Joe Biden is or that they just don't like him. Remind them that Trump kept a copy of Hitler's speeches on his nightstand. Yep. Remind him that according to his people, they're going to set up camps, that there will be mass roundups of people and mass deportations. And if you don't think innocent people aren't going to get caught up in that or that there is a going to be some kind of resistance you've got another thought coming yep. his his past actions show that he absolutely will do these things and the testimony of jenna ellis this week uh shows that uh, to, to lift a quote from her testimony we don't care right they don't care about the rules they plan to go forward and uh, there's talk of uh, the the military uh, being used uh, on inauguration day yep. uh, under the insurrection act used against american civilians civilians. This is how dire this is. So you can whine about the prices and you can whine about Biden's age. And I've said this from the beginning that I that I hope uh, my recent critics will remember also. And that is that when it comes to Election Day and people sit down at their ballot or stand at their ballot to cast their votes, when it comes to a choice between fascism and the old guy, I think they're going to take the old guy. Yes, and we have to we have to make sure that that every voter understands that the alternative to the old guy is fascism. I'm so glad you said that because that leads to my next observation, which I was going to get to earlier. I just got to, I, you know, I got down down a rabbit hole of thought. But well, and I have a way of steering us in different directions <laughs> as well. And, and and perhaps that's the charm of the show. <laughs> so well, I mean, I want to be entirely clear about next November. I'm yes. feeling, and I said to, to Stephanie Miller last week. I, I've mentioned this a couple of times. I'm feeling pretty confident about the next election. I feel pretty good about the chances of us sidestepping this fascist threat coming from Donald Trump. And obviously there's lots of evidence behind or backing what I have to say about that, including the fact that Joe Biden's done it once already, and I don't see Donald Trump actually gaining votes from then until now. It's just unprecedented. And so that being said, the stakes, I still believe the stakes are existential and threatening and worthy of our alarm and an all-hands-on-deck, everyone-off-the-bench kind of uh, mentality between now and then. Because it's this, it's this thing where, yeah, we're feeling pretty confident, especially based on last week's elections, but at the same time, the stakes of, of the next big election couldn't be higher, and we need to continue to emphasize what those stakes are. Otherwise, that election may not go so well. You know what I mean? Let, let, let me interject another stake in this election. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the absolutely existential one of fascism, uh, remind people that uh, because we now that we know how unpopular uh, the Republican abortion limits have been, yeah. uh, now that we've seen uh, red state after red state vote down the Republicans' 
plans to limit abortion. Uh, we know how effective a political tool that could be. So uh, let's also remind uh, undecided or potential Trump voters that it was he who appointed the justices who made that decision. Yeah. It was it was he who created that anti-abortion majority Supreme Court. This is all his doing, and you want to vote for him again because mm-hmm. the price of bacon is higher? Because yeah. And it is, and I know the pain of that. I know I'm starting to experience some inflation myself, and it isn't it isn't pleasant. It isn't and I know there are people worse off than myself who are suffering even more. But you you won't know suffering until you've lived under fascism. Well, and the other thing to bear in mind when that issue comes up, the idea of inflation, and certainly it's one that, as you said, is is important to a lot of people. The fact is that the inflation rate is significantly dropping. It is precipitous at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, it's at 3.2% now, and uh, that's that's a, a nearly healthy number. But the prices that went up haven't gone back down. That's the difference. The rate of the rate of increase has slowed, but prices have not gone back down, and people are still suffering under those higher prices. We have to acknowledge that that pain is very real, yeah. but we have to remind people that that's nothing compared to fascism. Well, and also remember that inflation, gas prices, etc., are temporary and also cyclical. So this is something that is going to resolve itself. And obviously there are smart people at the Fed who are working on it right now. Sure. And, and so therefore we don't want to put something that's temporary and more or less out of the control of the White House as right. a priority above the fact that if this administration, if this current incumbent president loses next year, that democracy is done. Uh, just, there's no two ways about it. And that that doesn't come back so easily. That doesn't come back no, like gas prices often do. I mean, where yeah. we could be a year from now looking at gas prices that are uh, less than $2. I mean, stranger things have happened with gas prices. And so we have to bear that in mind. On top of the fact that a fascist Trump second term will entirely destabilize the economy. Inflation will not get better. It'll get worse. Everything about the economy will worsen. And we had some indications of that during Trump's first term. I mean, he presided over a gigantic recession because of his incompetent response to COVID, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was, even before COVID, there was a manufacturing recession under Donald Trump. People don't know that. See also legacy news media, but yeah. Ding, ding, ding. People don't know that. That's very important. We need to acknowledge people don't know that. Right. So you and I know that. Great. That doesn't help us. I mean, I I don't think, and I've I've been doing some reading about this, and I I do agree with it. Uh, The the voting public, it's, it's hard to sell them on... Uh, the idea of just the word democracy strikes them as sort of abstract. Mm. They know they know price. And uh, look, you know, uh, gasoline is more expensive than it was 10 years ago, right? Yeah. And more expensive than it was. The price never went back down. And, and these prices are not going to go back down either. And they have caused some suffering, especially with people less fortunate than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and I think we have to, I think we cannot... We cannot la, 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 and pretend it didn't happen. It did happen. Prices went up. They've stopped going up. They've they've, they've virtually stopped going up. 
but they didn't go back down either. And there's some pain associated with that. And we'd be idiots to not to acknowledge that fact. Sure. Uh, so, you know, uh, some of it, you know, just to, to tell the, tell your fellow voter, oh, it's going to take care of itself. Not entirely true. I mean, in some ways it already has in terms of the prices have stopped going up, but they're, they're not going to go back down again. And we can't pretend that they won't. And Joe Biden's not going to get any younger either. But the alternative is, and again, rather than saying uh, you lose democracy, which is kind of a vague notion, I think, to most voters who are not as analytical as those of us listening to the show and doing this show are, we need to be more specific and talk specifically about the book on his nightstand, the plans for concentration camps, uh, the, the, the language of, of vermin and how that was used by dictators before him. I think those are more stark and tangible arguments for the average voter than uh, the abstract concept of democracy. Yeah, well, I mean, if your valid concern is inflation, that is something that, again, is being alleviated. So the response to, well, I'm concerned about inflation, all you got to say back is, well, the rate of inflation is dropping precipitously uh, every yes, time it's reported. But, I, but, so. I'm, but I'm still paying more than I was. Well, I mean, if we, if we get into deflation, that's a whole separate issue. That's a whole separate set of problems, uh, quite well, honestly. I, yeah. yeah. The deflation is not always great for the economy. Uh, no, I, but, I, I, you know, and I know that as well. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, that doesn't alleviate the pain that some people less fortunate than ourselves have experienced. Okay, so I want to talk about uh, Donald Trump calling for citizens' arrests here in a second. Plus, yes. obviously, we got to talk about Jenna Ellis and the revelations there to come from ABC News. We sure. uh, hinted about that a second ago. And then also uh, some other news stories, obviously, from the fascism files today. Trump's plans for immigration. Holy God, hang on to your butts for this one, too. Uh, a lot more from the fascism files coming up here on the Big Tuesday Show. Back after these words. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out. Unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath & Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. 
Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith right here, covering Journey. This is uh, Stone and Love. And by the way, you can't download this. You have to buy the CD. I got a link in the description to buy the CD. And by the way, for you younger listeners, CD stands for Compact Disc. Sorry to let you know. Are we clear? All right. BobSuska.com. Find this episode dated 11-14-23. Click that link. Scroll on down. You'll find links to support all the independent music here on today's show. Also, bobsuska.com slash music to submit. Please do. Thank you. Okay, so Donald Trump, Buzz, re- yes. retrothed? Is that what we're calling it? Re- retrothed? <laughs> I don't know. What is the name of that thing again? It's is called Troth Truth Central. Something ah, like yes, that. Yeah. yeah. He uh, retrothed a post on Troth Central calling for citizens to arrest Letitia James and Judge Angoran. Or Angoran. I've got, I really have to correct myself on that. And Gore. I know it's hard because they, first you, we learned it. We all learned it wrong. And yes. Then, and then one day they changed it and nobody ever puts out a memo on that, you know? Right, right. Yeah. He, uh, let's see. He retrothed, uh, my fantasy. I would like to see Letitia James and judge and Goron placed under citizen's arrest for blatant election interference and harassment. Here we go. And Fine. and he's encouraging his fanboys, his militias, to go out and do that. Vigilantism, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly right. So what could possibly go wrong in a scenario like that? Huh? And that's I, just... Know, and, and I hope we haven't reached a point where the public goes, ah, that's just Trump. You yeah, know. I know. Well, you I, know, I, I think they have. I think way. there's a significant yeah. cross-section yeah. of them who have, who don't take this shit seriously, and they should. I know it was hard for many people to follow along for those four years, but the fact is that this is a real threat. This is a real guy who's planning to do some really awful things if he gets in there again, and we have to take it uh, as seriously as a heart attack, for sure. Uh, I mean, one of the things here is, and this goes to the question of democracy on the ballot next year, is uh, Jenna Ellis. This is a leaked bit of video that came out of uh, uh, came out of uh, Fonnie Willis's investigation in Fulton right. County. And interesting that it leaked. By the way, this would be uh, most certainly. Someone in Fonnie Willis's office who let this out of the bag, but it's video of Jenna Ellis's testimony in which she uh, it was actually what's called a proffer session. Uh, 
mm-hmm. where once she's cooperated, she starts to reveal all of this information that she promised to turn over to prosecutors. Right. And among other things, she said that uh, Dan Scavino, who we discussed many times before, he's the guy. He's the guy behind many of Donald Trump's worst tweets. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who managed Donald Trump's uh, social media account. He was right. assistant chief of staff sometime in there during the transition. And he intimated to Jenna Ellis that they had no intention of leaving the White House. Right. They were going to stay. And this was at the Christmas party, December 19th (laughs) of 2020. Christmas Christmas parties are where all the best fascism plots are formed. (laughs) That's right. And they had been imbibing. So that was one of the details of the story. So maybe the truth juice, the troth juice was part of the uh, culprit here as to why Dan Scavino admitted this to Jenna Ellis. But here's this tape. This is a bit of Jenna Ellis talking about about one minute here of Jenna Ellis talking about how Dan Scavino told her they're not leaving. They're not going anywhere. Okay. And uh, at the time... Oh, and by the way, they're clearly shooting this video on the bridge of the Enterprise because it's got that <laughs> it's got that Enterprise rumble sound in the background, doesn't it? This, this is your dad's camcorder with the microphone <laughs> mounted on top of it. That's how they shoot these. Better sound, people. Please, please. Okay. And uh, at the time uh, period where they were going to start to discuss what was uh, Dan Scavino's role... At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It became deputy chief of staff um, at the time that the conversation in question took place. Okay, and when was that? The conversation was around December 19th of 2020 uh, at the White House Christmas party. And I uh, emphasized him, I thought that the, um, the, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump and everyone understood the boss. Um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Yeah, we don't care. There it is. That was a- that was a fast a minute goes. That was a fast minute, and a lot took yeah. place there in that. And and just to remind people, a proffer in this case is a, is an offer. It's basically this: what I'm telling you right now mm-hmm. is what I promise to say under oath in yeah. court yeah. in exchange for your leniency on me. And for those of you who were unhappy about any leniency for Jen Ellis, what we have gotten in return here is is perhaps one of the most valuable uh, legal tools we could receive, and that is a sworn testimony, evidence, as it were, uh, that Trump had no plans to leave. It also, so there, it serves that criminal case, but it also is part of this bigger story that we've been talking about from the very beginning of today's show. He doesn't plan to leave, and that too is fascism. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't plan to leave. So, you know, book on the nightstand, uh, concentration camps, mass deportations, uh, pr- prosecution and persecution of, of, of enemies, imprisonment of mm-hmm. enemies, and, 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 and then we don't plan to leave. Yeah. It doesn't get more Mussolini than that. No, absolutely not. And this is just as much about the 2020 election as it is about the 2028 election. Donald Trump is on record in an interview talking about how when 
the next election after 2024 rolls around, I mean, he's hypothesizing that if he gets in in 2024 mm -hmm. and someone challenges him, bunch of Democrats or mm -hmm. whoever, Republicans maybe even at that point, challenges him for the 2028 election, he will have those people arrested. Donald Trump does not plan to leave office. He has said at numerous rallies that he deserves a do-over of his first term because yes. of the Russia investigation. Yeah. This is on record. You can find it on C-SPAN. It's all over the place. Donald Trump wants a do-over of his first term because he felt the Russia investigation was so unfair, so vicious. And so well, instead, and, the, next yeah, term he, start, the next term starting in 2025 would then be his redo of his first term. So it starts there in his worm-infested brain, right? Or, or, or the fact that he is still in election denial, that he won the election and yeah. that he was cheated out of, and so the, the third term would be the makeup for the, the one he was cheated out of. He, right, he right. Says, yeah. So everything breaks down. I mean, the Trump damage in all of this is significant, and he hasn't even done this yet. Now imagine if he does it, where... He's the president of the United States, and for the first time ever, the president decides, I don't care what happens in this election, I'm staying in office. That's it for democracy. Democracy at that point in time will become something, a, a thing of the past. And so that is a, a terrifying prospect. And you know what? He's working on plans in order to make that happen. Everything that we're reading in Project 2025 is about maintaining power, the subversion of the bureaucracy by replacing 50,000 government, federal government workers with sycophants. There's another story along those lines here today that we're going to talk about. He intends to get to a place where no one can challenge him when he decides, I'm going to stay president, even though I should no longer be president. Right. He's putting the pieces in place to guarantee that not only will he do it, but he right. can get away with it. That's this, what this is all about. Yeah, That's what this Jenna Ellis testimony is all about, yeah. in addition to the fact that it, it, it is another piece of the puzzle uh, of the evidence. It's another uh, piece of evidence that, that Trump plans uh, to, be, to be the new Hitler, that, he, yeah. that, he, that he's planning uh, an authoritarian government mm -hmm. uh, that, that begins on day one with, with violence, I, yeah. I would presume, uh, for, from, from what we've seen so far. Uh, this is so uh, this, with Jenna Ellis's testimony here really serves those two purposes. Mm -hmm. One for the legal case at hand. Did he try to overthrow the 2020 election in Georgia? Yes, he did. And we'll be there soon enough. Uh, but but uh, also it's it's a piece of evidence uh, good for 2024 uh, to go along with uh, the other things we've outlined so far on the show. Right. And just going back to what I was saying a second ago with regard to uh, the loyalists he intends to install in the federal government in order to right. backstop his power grab. Uh, Jim Vandehei and Mike Allen reported on this for Axios. The headline is, Behind the Curtain, Trump allies pre-screen loyalists for unprecedented power grab. Hundreds of people are spending tens of millions of dollars to install a pre-vetted, pro-Trump army of up to 54,000 loyalists across government to rip off the restraints imposed on the previous 46 
presidents. The screening for ready-to-serve loyalists has already begun, driven in part by artificial intelligence from tech giant Oracle. What could possibly go wrong with that aspect of everything? This is real. Again, I, yeah, this, is not, is. We're, this is not uh, some wild far-left blog uh, or Twitter account. This is Axios, for God's you're, sake. You're, 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 your news buddy here uh, reported on this show yeah. uh, last summer, mm -hmm. this past summer, uh, that they were recruiting people at the Iowa State Fair. There was a tent oh, yeah. for recruiting Trump loyalists to serve, to be part of this 54,000-person army. Uh, so, yeah, this is something we've been aware of for oh, a yes. long time. Yeah. Thankfully, this is now getting mainstream coverage. Yeah, and that's the point of bringing this up. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Project 2025 on this show and this mm -hmm. being a major prong of that. But this this is mainstream uh, news media reporting on the actual execution of this prong of 2025. It's one thing to say, well, this is what Donald Trump plans to do with Project 2025. It's another thing entirely for Jim Vandehei and Mike Allen, two sacred cows in the DC news media, to say, oh yeah, this is happening, and it's actually, they're doing it. The process is underway already. This is something yeah. that will absolutely happen as soon as Donald Trump takes office Day one. in 2025. Yes, they will fire all of these people. And that, of course, is a whole legal problem in and of itself. But I don't think Donald Trump gives a shit. He's just going to ransack the entire place, install these loyalists so he can get away with whatever he wants. There will be no pushback this time. There will be no internal quizlings who are trying to undermine him. No anonymous or people within the White House, people within the bureaucracy uh, leaking to the press and telling, uh, you know, the Washington Post all. All the nefariousness that's going on this is going to be people who will not do this this will be people that will uh make sure that donald trump can get away with everything that he couldn't get away with the first time around and and i've heard more than once it said probably on this show as well that uh anything trump tried in his first uh, presidency yeah. uh that that didn't quite work out the way he wanted it to was because he got pushback from somebody within the government yeah, uh, yeah. that's why he it, so look at his first term as um practice yeah dress rehearsal as, as rehearsal right yeah. uh th this time he won't make the mistakes that he made but would never admit the first time he was president he will make sure that he is surrounded by these loyalists who won't say no to him meantime sydney powell discussed in her proper session uh, how donald trump dismissed officials who said that he lost so she names a bunch of names here, people who told Donald Trump that he lost this election, and she describes about how he's blowing off their opinion. And so this is uh, Jenna Ellis, and this also has to do with the fact that Donald Trump wanted to appoint uh, Sidney Powell as special prosecutor. Right. So after, and, and in this, in this, what we learned yesterday is that uh, among the things she told the prosecutors, uh, I, I don't know anything about election law. Uh, Trump, <laughs> exactly. was, Trump was going to make her the special prosecutor on an election from somebody who said, more or less, quote, I don't know anything about election law. So here's Sidney Powell in her session. It was a big shouting match in which Rudy called me every name in the book. And oh, she's talking about Rudy Giuliani yes, in this yeah, shouting this match. Is, this is okay. the big fight in the Oval Office. Yeah. There was a big shouting match in which Rudy called me every name in the book. And um, 
I was the worst lawyer he'd ever seen in his life. Uh, there were no circumstances under which he'd work with me on anything. He called me a bitch and I don't know what all. And that's pretty much all I remember about that one. Did I know anything about election law? No. But I understand fraud from having been a prosecutor for 10 years. What was um, President Trump's sense of what you would do as special counsel? I guess he assumed and I would have thought that I would have looked at uh, putting into effect a provision of 13848 that would have allowed the machines to be secured Jesus. in four or five states. How do you choose which states that you would target? How would I have chosen that? Um, By the ones where there were the most uh, statistical anomalies. Okay. Ms. Powell, were you ever around when someone anyone told uh, Donald Trump that he had lost the election? Oh, yeah. Who? Uh, Pat Cipollone, oh. Eric Hirschman, Derek Lyons, all thought he'd lost. Was that in the December 18th meeting? Yes. What, what was um, President Trump's reaction when, I guess, this cadre of advisors would say you lost? It was like, uh, well, they would say that and then they'd walk out and he'd go, see, this is what I deal with all the time. He was specifically willing to appoint me special counsel. In fact, he looked over at Cipollone three different times and said, do I have the authority to name her special counsel? And Cipollone said, yes, you do. And then somebody said, well, she doesn't have a security clearance. So he looked at Cipollone and he said, do I have the authority to give her a security clearance? And Cipollone said, yes, you do. And then about the third time we went through that scenario, uh, Cipollone, I think, said, you can name her anything you want, Mr. President, and nobody's going to pay a bit of attention to it. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, um, lots to unpack there. But the first thing yeah. is, this is, I, I think a lot of people are going, well, wait, this is hearsay. This is, is someone describing, and the same goes with Jenna Ellis. No. This is someone no. describing something they overheard that was third hand. And is this admissible? Is this yes. valid evidence? And the answer is, yes, it is. And the reason yes, that it is, is because both Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell are co-conspirators. That right. changes the entire dynamic of what they're describing here. They've and, admitted you know, that they were part of this conspiracy. Yes, exactly right. I mean, we've heard a lot of the details about this reported over the past few years. The difference is coming from Sidney Powell carries a whole lot of uh, additional weight, obviously. Yeah, because she's still a believer. The difference between uh, Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis here is they've both, they've both admitted that they were part of this conspiracy yeah. uh, in exchange for uh, minimal prosecution. Right. Uh, uh, the difference between them is is that Jenna Ellis, uh, uh, when she gave her apology, was, I believe, uh, sincere on certain points, like, for example, regretting that she'd ever gone to work from. I'm sure she does now. Who yeah. wouldn't in that yeah. situation? Sidney Powell, on the other hand, still believes the election was stolen. Yep. She's still on that side. Uh, Jenna Ellis is at, so she's out. She's died. She doesn't want anything else to do with these folks. But Jenna Ellis still believes that the election was stolen from Trump. And so it's an interesting contrast to hear between the two tapes. But the other thing we heard in, in the Sidney Powell tape there is the reference to he the, the lawyers would leave the room and Trump would say see this is what I deal with all the time and those are the people 
who won't be around in another Trump administration. Do you think Sidney Powell believes it, or do you think Sidney Powell she is does. pretending to believe it because she just wants Donald she, Trump to be what, president again? What's 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 the upside of that for her at this point? She's screwed. She's over. Yeah, she's done. Yeah, she's yeah, toast. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I so I, there is no upside for her to continue to believe it, other than to maybe justify in her own mind what she has done. Yeah, yeah. You know, if these people succeed, nothing else matters. That's right. If these That's people right. succeed in what they've been trying to do for years and years and years now, uh, obviously at the center of this being Donald Trump, I can't begin to enumerate all the things that will change right. in this country in terms of... Well, yeah, not starting starting with this show. For example, yeah. if, Trump, if Trump were reelected, uh, on Inauguration Day, uh, this becomes a musical. <laughs> so we just change it up. We were never here. You heard nothing. You saw nothing. Yeah. God. I mean, yeah. who knows? I mean, we talk a lot about, and we mentioned it earlier, about who's on the list, who's going to get be, rounded up. And There was singing. There will be orchestras. Uh, yeah, be great. yeah. I mean, we've never faced an election in our time here in the United States no. where if the Republicans win, then we all have to watch our backs. That's insane. That's insane that we're at that place now. And it's not just, as I said, it's not just you and me. It's just about everyone who voted against Donald Trump, who has been outspoken against Donald Trump on social media. Starting or, with the Republicans who've been closest to him. Exactly. And then he'll work, his, he'll work his way out from there. And the thing is, he's already admitting it. I keep saying it. Project 2025, there's a website. Uh, this is mainstream news reporting that it's happening right now in terms of who he mm -hmm. intends to start with as far as right. uh, political prosecutions, who he intends to prosecute if uh, he's running and there are people challenging him. This is going to be when he said, I am your retribution. That is the centerpiece of everything that is going on with right. Donald Trump and fascism on down the I line. I'm seeing more and more social media posts yeah. in which people say, believe him when he says what he says. Yeah. Just let me run over the, the headlines again very quickly. Yeah. There was the one <clears throat> There was the one that, that we talked about earlier. After calling foes vermin, Trump campaign warns its critics will be crushed. Yeah. Uh, Washington Post, ex-Trump allies detail efforts to overturn election in Georgia plea videos. Uh, Washington Post, take Trump at his word when he threatens to punish his enemies. Mm -hmm. And uh, from, from headline uh, from uh, ABC News, the headline, the boss is not going to leave. Proffer videos show ex-Trump lawyers telling Georgia prosecutors yep. about efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. This all comes at once. And and uh, do I think the news media has, has reformed? No. But have they uh, turned around and, and helped us make our fear of fascism real and and it's it's like pinocchio it's a real boy now uh and 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 we've been waiting for that for a very long time and and we need to run with that because it is our strongest argument our only argument against the unchangeable otherwise unchangeable minds out there about who, who have thoughts about joe biden yep uh, the only way to get to them is this very real fear this very fearful thing that we are very truly facing now mm -hmm. yeah and let's add to that list of headlines 
from the New York Times just a couple of yes. days ago. Trump's plans for immigration. Mr. Trump wants to revive his first-term border policies, including banning entry by people from certain Muslim-majority nations, reimposing a COVID-19-era policy of refusing asylum claims, though this time he would base that refusal on assertions that migrants carry other infectious diseases like tuberculosis. He plans to scour the country for unauthorized immigrants and deport people by the millions per year. This is, again, the New York Times. To help speed up mass deportations, Mr. Trump is preparing an enormous expansion of a form of removal that does not require due process hearings. So no due process. Hello. To help immigration and customs enforcement right. carry out sweeping raids, he plans to reassign other federal agents and deputize local police officers and National Guard soldiers voluntarily contributed by Republican-run states. To ease the strain on ICE detention facilities, Mr. Trump wants to build huge camps to detain people while their cases are processed and they await deportation flights. And to get around any refusal by Congress to appropriate the necessary funds, Mr. Trump would redirect money in the military budget, as he did in his first term, to spend more on a border wall than Congress had authorized. So there's more fuel for the fascism fire. Right. Just as I said at the beginning of the show, he's talking about concentration camps. He's talking about mass roundups and mass mass deportations. And I will add something I haven't heard mentioned yet. You know innocent people are going to be swept up in that. Oh, yeah. You know families are going to be torn apart by that. Uh, These are far bigger issues than the price of bacon. Yep, the price of bacon's higher. Yep, it's not going down. Yep, Biden's old. And yep, they're going to round up your cousin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, we've got to get real here. And I think as the election gets closer, we, we can, as you mentioned at the top of the show, we've still got a year. We now have a better set of tools than we had before and a perhaps partially reformed news media. Now, again, I'm not, they're, they're going to continue to both sides and all that. And, and I think you, you again, asked uh, sort of rhetorically in the middle of, of today's show, why does the the media do this? Why why have they uh, yeah. you know when you were asking about that that terrible crummy headline that was the first that came out from the New York Times? Mm-hmm. Why why do they do this? It's it's what I've been saying, and I'll say it again. It's all about profit. Yeah, the media hopes to do two things by both sides and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get it to both sides. Yep. Uh, the, the two things they plan to do are one, win back the viewers that they've lost. That's going to fail, but it's what they're trying to do. Mm. It's going to fail, but it's what they're trying to do, and that's win back the viewers that they lost. The other thing that they're trying to do is snuggle up to the authoritarian so that in case he does what it now appears he's really going to do, that they will maybe have mercy on yeah. the, the, that that reporter or that newspaper or that media. And and so these are the two, they're hedging their bets, as it were. And you know what? That's not going to work either. But when you ask why the media does what it's done, the answer is profit to try to win back viewers and to try to snuggle up to the authoritarians just in case. And uh, as you and I both know, neither one of those things is going to work. But when we ask ourselves why, that's why profit. And, you know, I, I realize we don't carry the same heft as the New York Times here on the show. I know we don't carry the same heft. As you, ABC News, or yeah, <laughs> I, I'm saying that the value of what we say here 
is a little bit different than you would get yes. from yeah. the legacy news media. Sadly, am I right? Yeah. That said, one of the purposes of today's episode of the show is to summarize where we are with this Donald Trump uh, approach to fascism and mm. the threat that we face, the stakes that we face in next year's election. And so uh, we want you to use this. Use this episode. Yes. Uh, take out chunks of it if you need to. Play this for people that you uh, are trying to convince if you want to. Google those headlines that, yeah. that Bob has provided and that I have provided. Yeah, exactly right. So use this episode for your persuasive purposes. So so um, one of the things, what's that? I was just going to say, uh, Rachel uh, posited something interesting last night, kind of yeah. food for thought, something to kick around in your head, uh, is by letting this stuff about concentration camps, for example, leak into the media, yeah. is Trump testing the Republican Party to see if they, to see if it will continue to back him, mm -hmm. even with talk of concentration camps and mass deportations and and uh, vermin and all of that, and, and headlines that compare him to Hitler. Is the Republican Party still on board? This is a test of that. Yeah. So let's all watch and see if, you know, they haven't responded so far, but maybe this will be the turning point for the party or maybe soon after, or this will be the beginning of that turning point. I, it'll be something interesting to watch. It's just food for thought. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm saying it, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting idea that, that the Trump campaign is testing the Republican Party to see if it still has the support so it can steamroll forward with this. Well, if the Ohio Republicans are any indication, <laughs> I don't think I don't think they're doing it. I don't think I, I, I think they're going to acquiesce to everything Donald Trump wants. But and one of my indications here is what they plan to do to subvert issue one in Ohio. We're going to talk right. about that and uh, wrap up the show right after these words. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Bob Seska plays more music.
is the great Nick Lutzko and one of his oh, wow. serious tracks. This is not a silly song. This is yeah, this is one of his latest singles. Because he also does like uh, actual songs. Here, you know? And this is a song called Obituary. I hear, wow. I hear he's working on a new album. Oh, working on a uh, yeah follow up album to Swords, which is his uh, his big uh, record release, and uh, again carrying all kinds of serious tracks in there, not the boat parade and all that stuff. This is real. Nothing. I mean, the boat parade stuff. See, I'm I'm digging myself into a rhetorical. You hole. are really, yeah. and we could, you know, the music could still be playing underneath you while while yeah, you do right. that. Yeah. yeah, Spirit Halloween, for example, is a silly song from Nick, and Obituary yes. is a serious song from Nick. I think yeah, you get and, the idea. and 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 I love the song. I love the song Obituary, uh, and and I understand that it's serious. Although I, I think you may have just set some kind of record. This is the first time I believe a song has been played that includes the word uh, eggplant. <laughs> was eggplant I didn't even catch the word eggplant yeah, yes that. yeah eggplant fire emo something eggplant and fire emoji uh, like that. yeah, yeah. oh you gotta oh the words are very important Bob. <laughs> yes they are okay so uh, back to the fascism files here a couple yes. things to uh, round out today's episode uh, first of all the Ohio Republicans are planning to subvert, as we said, the passage of issue one into the Ohio oh, Constitution, of, uh, of, protecting of, reproductive rights. Yeah, yeah. Of course they are because they've learned they can't win at the box at the uh, at the ballot box at the bo box office at the, too yeah. at the box office. Yes, they've done poorly <laughs> at, in Hollywood as well. That's right. So after voters passed an abortion rights amendment, Republicans want to strip courts of jurisdiction to enforce it. Bill Dean, sure. a Republican, said the amendment's language is dangerously vague and unconstrained and can be Good. weaponized, here we go, to attack parental rights or defend rapists, pedophiles, and human traffickers. Wow. Uh, Melanie Miller, another Republican, said we will continue to be a voice for every child in their mother's womb who yeah, cannot blah, speak blah. for themselves. Yeah. They desperately need that evangelical money, don't they? That is, yeah. gimme, 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 gimme that God money. Here's the great thing about these idiots is that this will immediately be struck down in court. This yeah. thing is uh, has more holes than cheese. It's it's <laughs> yeah. really it's it, you know it, it it won't stand for a minute. And and so I hope they keep doing stupid things. And I think the courts have seen uh, that the people have spoken. Uh, it, it just it, how amusing is it that red state after red state has enshrined a woman's right to to choose. Uh, despite the, the best or worst yeah. efforts of Republicans. Yeah. Well, and that's just the thing. The Ohio Republicans and Republicans across the country just keep whizzing on the electric. Don't whiz on the electric Tried to warn them. Yeah. We all know you shouldn't do that. I mean, Ronna McDaniel whizzing all yes. over the electric fence. I don't know how she does it, but she managed to whiz on the electric fence. And it's an amazing thing. But they just, they did continuously. Donald Trump is, oh my God, every chance he gets, he's whizzing all over the electric fence. I think it actually recharges him. <laughs> Yes, it's almost like he's suffering from overactive bladder, and he mm -hmm. just, oh my God, there's an electric fence, got a whiz on that needs, thing. Needs that electricity, yeah. Yes, Jesus, and please keep doing it, Republicans. I know we have this jingle. Don't whiz on the electric fence. 
Patrick Vance. The uh, Ren and Stimpy singers there are singing, saying, fun. don't whiz on the... Well, we want all the whizzing. Republicans keep whizzing. I don't care. Whiz all you we want. like the jingle. Yeah. We like the jingle. We'd like to keep <laughs> yeah, using yeah, it. Yeah, so right, right. Go right ahead. We also like winning elections, which yeah. is what we saw last Tuesday. Yep. I still... You know, I really was really bummed out uh, when I uh, came to work uh, last Tuesday. <laughs> Much, <laughs> you know... Uh, I yeah, but uh, that night, uh, election results started coming in, and yeah. unbelievably wonderful things were happening, and mm-hmm. and so it, it gave it told me there was hope, and and I needed I needed that message at that particular time, and I'll try to do better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, obviously, hopelessness is not something that is foreign to many of us. We have all been there. I. I routinely vacillate between optimism and hopelessness. That is my entire existence well, right been, now. See, I've, I've been Mr. Happy Owl on this show. That's I mean, true, I just, yeah. I, and, and uh, you know, Mr. Glass half full or more so. Uh, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, so it's really rare that I get to that point. But I, I, just to explain myself, I, it was not just the polls, but the embracing of the polls by top party leaders that had me really really concerned and that's what really had really had me down at that time the election oh my god the election turned all of that around and again should be a message to republicans that that's not a winning issue right right well um speaking of uh, winning here uh one last thing to wrap up with we all know that if donald trump wins next year one of the things he's going to do is he's going to pardon all of the insurrectionists from january 6th yes yeah and one of those insurrectionists of course this guy i I, you know what i don't want to say his name and i don't want to say what his nickname fine he's that QAnon cosplayer who was wearing all of the animal pelts and horns okay we We know who that guy is okay yeah yeah, well, he's running for Congress. Well, sure. Why shouldn't he? All the, all the criminals are doing it. Yeah. So obviously he's not going to win. Uh, no. It's not going to be not going to be a thing. But you know what? It, it could be the start of something where a bunch of these insurrections. Can you imagine if these insurrections end up winning and becoming members of Congress? Vo- at that voters. Level? Voters have uh, grown more liberal over the decades, but they're not quite ready for a guy with horns. They're just not <laughs> not there yet, so yeah. that's not going to happen. Well, um, <sighs> these are all possibilities that we need to take seriously. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that, yeah, it is possible. Yeah. I mean, if you're he- convicted, if you're convicted of a federal crime, you're not allowed to vote, but you can totally run for Congress. Hey, uh, Trump wants to uh, pardon the uh, J6 choir, you know, the prisoners who sing America songs. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, he wants to pardon them. And if you've heard their music, uh, you know they do not deserve forgiveness. <laughs> no. I mean, that's one of the most fascist things he does yeah. is that choir, that so- the way that they, they do right. the national anthem. And then there's that one thing that he does in all of his rallies now, which uh-huh. I, I wish the legacy news media would cover this. <laughs> when he plays that eerie music and uh-huh. st- starts down this road this, this terrifying manipulative road where right. he he's doing this like dramatic reading of uh-huh. all the terrible things all the grievances in this yes. somber so somber tone right. and it's it's all flagrant it's, i mean it's torn directly from the jeff charlotte playbook uh, jeff Charlotte, we talked to him he's an author went to a lot of these mega churches donald trump's employing the same techniques that we've seen in tent revivals and mega churches for decades mm-hmm. Hitler speeches. Yeah, exactly. Hitler speeches. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. All intended to manipulate the highly gullible people who attend those rallies and who follow him and buy all of his merch. That's the whole idea. Donald Trump recognizes more than anyone the number of the vast number of suckers 
in the United States, and he's exploiting every single one of them. And when he does but that our, musical accompaniment thing on his yeah. rallies, that's hands, it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With his fists, yes. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, well, that's, oh, that's something entirely different. That's his, oh, I think, that's his uh, Trump, YMC yeah. dance where he looks like yes. he's giving handies to two different yes. guys at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. two-fisted Trump he is. Well, again, the top story, I think, was that the news media has acknowledged uh, Hitler Jr. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we've given you some tools today to spread the word that uh, may crush the argument against Joe Biden. So, uh, coming up on the Shadow Docket on our Patreon page, please join us, patreon.com slash Show. Sign up for $5 a month. You can listen to the Shadow Docket twice per week after the Tuesday show, after the Thursday show. Both. We're going to talk about uh, what Bill Maher said to Ted Cruz oh, on his God. show Friday night. They're, you know you know they're dating now. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are, uh, based on some of these quotes. And uh, let's see what else. Good news on gerrymandering. We'll talk about that, Yay. too. And Donald Trump may be in more legal trouble. Talk about that, too. See you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.